Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell, and in today's episode, we will be breaking down the Week 9 game predictions and who I feel will win each week. As I said in the Wednesday episode, I did have a bad Week 8. I'm looking to bounce back this week, and thus far, I am on a good track. I mean, I should have known last week that my predictions were going to be bad when... The Packers beat the Cardinals. First Thursday night loss of the season. We're back at it. Got another Thursday night win. And while I had predicted a much closer game, I will say I do believe that this... And I haven't gotten the chance to watch this film yet, so I'm not going to really talk too much about this game. But while I may have not gotten the score correct... I will say that I feel like it would have been a closer game if Mike White didn't get injured. I mean, he had thrown 7 for 11 to start the game off, 95 yards, a touchdown, 121.4 passer rating. Looks good for the start of a game. Uh, you know, it. even the uh, backup Johnson had come in and the third string had come in and performed really well um I will say this that the Colts secondary the past couple weeks has not looked the best so I'm not 100% shocked about that but I I mean it it's gonna it's gonna be kind of interesting for Zach Wilson here I mean Mike White is performing at a high level Johnson performed at a pretty good level for his for him being a third string coming in, granted, usually in my from from what I see on film, it's usually the backups who will perform really well in their first like game, and then they just fall off a cliff. Now, Mike White didn't, by the looks of it. Now I haven't watched the film yet, but by the looks of it, he looked like he started off pretty strong. Seven for eleven, that's not bad. Um. Johnson, I, I don't think would continue this. I could be wrong. I need to watch the film, like I said. But things are definitely interesting for Mike White, Zach Wilson, and the Jets really in general. Like the Jets might be two and six, but I'm pretty optimistic for their season based on how Mike White has looked. I I've said that Zach Wilson, in my opinion, was the best quarterback in this draft thus far. He has not looked the part, which I had blamed partially on the Jets' offense, which I still blame on the Jets' offense because in the beginning of the year, they looked a lot different than right now. And any Jets fan who might be listening can testify to that. Like, yeah, the Jets' offense looked awful, especially at the start of the year. But the Jets are going to keep things interesting, I think, for teams, and I don't think they're going to let any team just have an easy win. Even if this game ended up being 45 to 30, and I think that the score was close or shows that it was closer than what it really was, I still think that the Jets can keep games somewhat close. With that being said, we are going to dive right into the Sunday game predictions, starting off with the Vikings at the Ravens. And the the Ravens in this game. Coming off of a bye week, the 
Vikings who last week lost to Cooper Rush. First of all, what a hell of a name of Cooper Rush. But you lost to a backup. I had you as a playoff team to start this year. I don't believe in you guys anymore. Um, heading into this game, the Ravens, it, it's in Baltimore. We'll, so we'll actually start with the Vikings. The Vikings only have Michael Pierce, the defensive tackle, out. Anthony Barr and Cameron Dantzler are questionable. Probably will play. Then uh, on the Ravens sideline, Patrick McCarry is doubtful. Latavius Murray is doubtful. Patrick McCarry is the guard. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Williams, and Rashad Bateman are questionable. Now, I was going to make this a really quick prediction, but, you know, last time we saw the Ravens, they lost to the Bengals, and the Bengals proceeded to losing to the Jets, or, no, wait, yeah, to the Jets. So, I am going to just say that I'm taking the Ravens in this matchup, uh... I think the Ravens being at home is definitely an advantage. The fact that the Vikings cannot, their defense cannot stop Cooper Rush. Uh, I, I don't believe that they'll be able to stop Lamar Jackson. And it's a big factor in why I am choosing the Ravens to win that game. Winning by seven points. Then heading over to the Patriots at the Panthers. And this matchup, this matchup, I'm I'm probably, I'm, I'm just going to be real honest with it. I'm probably going to take the Patriots. Um, I'm taking a look at their injury report right now. And as of right now, the Patriots are... They have a bunch of players who are questionable, but honestly, that's a Bill Belichick tactic. They're all going to end up playing, most likely. Then the uh, Carolina Panthers have Sam Darnold, questionable. Stanley Thomas Oliver III did not participate in practice, and he's questionable. And Pat Elfline is also questionable. You know, seeing how the Patriots played in Week 8 against the uh, Chargers at, granted, it this was a game that I, like I said, I picked the Chargers to win. But seeing how they were able to really dismantle the Chargers and stop them and go pound for pound with the Chargers... I think that they're going to be able to handle Sam Darnold, who they're very familiar with, and that offense. Uh, I believe Christian McCaffrey's back. I'm not positive. I'm Googling it as we speak. But I think no matter what, the Patriots are going to be able to pull off this one, even though they are flying back this week or flying back from LA they flew to LA and came back that's kind of a hard trek to do I think that they're gonna win this game by 
four points. Four points plus. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Patriots in that matchup. Then the Browns at the Bengals, which is a sneaky good game in large part due to, which I didn't talk about this before, but I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday actually. OBJ is no longer with the team. Odell Beckham Jr. has been released. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this situation after these predictions. But needless to say, I don't they, they aren't gonna miss him. They really aren't. Uh the Browns injury report, they are of course without OBJ. He's done. Not with them anymore. Jadavian Clowney's questionable. Jack Conklin is out. Uh Tack McKinley or Takaris McKinley, but nicknamed Tack, is questionable. Dalvin Peoples-Jones is questionable, Denzel Ward is questionable, and Harrison Bryant is questionable. Then for the Bengals, they have Cam Sample, Chris Evans, and Auden Tate, who are all questionable. If I had to guess, Cam Sample is the only player who would not play if anyone didn't play from them. And this is going to be an interesting game. A really interesting game. Uh... You know, in in a lot of ways, I want to take the Browns here. I might just do that. I like what the Bengals are doing. Uh, this is a tough game for me, though. Because on one end, you know, you could say, like, hey, it's the, the Bengals lost one game to the Jets, and people will say, oh, well, they lost to the Jets. The Jets suck. Yeah, but Michael White show or played very very well um it it's definitely a hard one for me to take i'm i love both quarterbacks god i think i think i'm gonna go with the Bengals here um, God, I don't know if I want to though. That's the thing that's hard because at the same time, I could totally see the Browns coming out and balling out to prove to everyone, hey, we didn't need OBJ and we're better without him. As a matter of fact, no, I am going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns here. Um, in a tight game, win by no more than three points. Then we're going to move over to the Denver Broncos at the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a, a game that I think anyone would be shocked that if I took the Broncos. I mean, we both know that Dak is most likely going to play. I... As of right now, I'm just going to make it quick. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game, even if they have Cooper Rush in at quarterback. Uh, the Cowboys are just too good of a team. I would say that they are probably the number one team in the NFC, if not number one, number two behind the Rams. And I know a lot of people saying, oh, well, what about the Packers? The Packers just beat the Cardinals. Yeah, A.J. Green either... Did not run the route the way he should have, a.k.a. coming back 
to the ball and getting the ball. Like he got lazy and thought, hey, I'm not going to get the ball. Or we can go with the fact that he said he thought it was a run play, which he might have. He may have. Either way, the Cardinals were not the number one team ever in the NFL. I don't care what their record was. They should have lost to the Vikings. They almost lost to the Jaguars. Their record is skewed. Um, added to that, the film from that Packer game, they were ran all over by both A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. Now, more A.J. Dillon than Aaron Jones, but either way, the Cowboys, getting back to the whole main topic, the Cowboys, I have winning this game in what will probably be a blowout games in Dallas. I'm taking the Cowboys by 10-plus points. When we return, we will be breaking down the Bills at the Jaguars, the Texans at the Dolphins, the Falcons at the Saints, and the Raiders at the Giants. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell, and we are going to keep on going with these game predictions, starting off with the Bills at the Jaguars, and honestly, I'm going to make this one very quick. The Bills are without Spencer Brown, John Filencio, uh, or Filencio, Dawson Knox, compared to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just have James Robinson questionable. I don't care. The Bills are a perennial Super Bowl winning team right now. They're amazing. I'm taking the Bills in this matchup. Um, I will take them by six points. Then heading over to the next game, which is the Texans at the Dolphins, a.k.a. the who the hell cares about this game. And I know that certain Texans fans and Dolphins fans might be like, oh, we care about this game. Texans fans, you shouldn't care about this game. The only reason why you should care about this game is if the Dolphins had traded and got uh, Deshaun Watson. That's the only reason that you'd care because you'd want to thank the Dolphins for those draft picks. But looking at this game, the Texans will be without Farrell Brown, Christian Kirksey, and of course Deshaun Watson, and Hardy Nickerson. Then the Dolphins still do not have anyone as as players who will be missing the game, they had limited practice throughout the week for players, but otherwise everyone looks good to go. I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. Uh, I like Davis Mills. I do like Davis Mills for the Texans. Um, I like Tua Tagovailoa, but at the same time, and I want to talk about something with Tua too, uh, real quick. That I wasn't able to talk about last week because I was at my brother's wedding. Which is, you know, I was watching the film from the Falcons-Dolphins game. And, well, I was listening to the uh, to the game on the radio. And then I was watching a little bit while I was in the hotel room. And Tua, well, the, the announcers, the Miami Dolphins announcers, were back in Tua saying, like, you know, he, he's really good and everything. He... And all this stuff and, like, trying to say, oh, that wasn't his fault. 
you know, he, he has a perennial, he has a great arm, all this stuff. And I'm not saying he doesn't. He, he is a very good, talented player. But they're acting like he doesn't have issues, that he's a superstar in the making, that he's the next Aaron Rodgers. And, well, it could happen. It's highly unlikely. While all this is happening, they're like, oh, that wasn't really his fault. And right after all this, where they're hyping him up, they're like, you know, he, he's going to make a play here and there. He's about to make one now. And then he threw an interception. And then they were trying to defend their actions or their words later on during the game. And when they, <laughs> when they tried to defend their actions... He threw another interception. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I love Tua. I think he could be a solid quarterback. Maybe even considered a good quarterback one day. But shut the hell up. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or Payne Manning. Hell, he might not be... I was about to lie off a really bad story. But anyway, he might not be even Dak Prescott level. He is not the quarterback that the Dolphins announcers think he is. So please, if you're a Dolphins fan, do not anticipate him becoming the next Aaron Rodgers. Please, God, because you will, your heart will be broken. He's not the next Aaron Rodgers. With all that said, I am taking the Dolphins, though, because I do believe in Tua enough to where I think that he can win this game against the Texans. Um, the Texans have not been performing well at all these past couple weeks. Uh, you know, I said in the beginning of the season, the first couple weeks, you know, I thought that they were going to be a very competitive team and stay in a lot of these games. A lot of them, they haven't looked pretty in as of late. So I am going to take the Miami Dolphins to win this game. And I know that's ass backwards since uh, I was just literally just crapping all over Tua, which I don't think it was really crapping on him. It was more the fact that, like, I'm giving you all the hard truth, Miami fans and football fans. If you think that Tua is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, you're wrong. I'm not going to, like, say that your opinion is, like, bad or anything or, like, you you don't know what you're talking about because every – for all, you, for all we know, I could be 100% wrong. It is my opinion based off of what I've seen from the film and everything. He does have the chance to be a good quarterback. He is not going to be Aaron Rodgers. And the only reason why I want to bring all this up is because the Dolphins announcers were really hyping him up like he was going to be this amazing quarterback this season. And I, I don't like when announcers lie to their fans it's disrespectful and it makes the fan base look bad when all of a sudden there's some idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about talking about uh there or the dolphins having Tua tonga Vailoa and going oh he's gonna be the next aaron Rodgers," because i don't think he's going to be and i think that most people would agree with me on that and some people might say, well, you're just an idiot thinking that and he's going to be great. That's fine that you think that. But either way, going with the Dolphins uh, in that matchup, winning by six. 
Or actually, I'm going to go winning by five. Five points. Then heading to the next matchup, which is the Falcons at the Saints. And I know a lot of people will be upset with me on this one. Look, going into this game, the Falcons have nobody who will be really missing. As of right now, Calvin Ridley is away from the team for the next three weeks, dealing with some personal issues. Um, the Saints will be without uh, Andres Pete, offensive lineman, Dwayne Washington, Taysom Hill is out, Peyton Turner's out, and Deontay Harris is questionable. Which, heading into the, you know, I, I took the Falcons last week, and they lost, and heading into this week, even though they lost last week, they're going up against Trevor Simeon and Ian Book. I think I think I'm gonna take the Falcons in this matchup. And it's mainly it's only due to the fact that the Falcons and Saints, they always play each other hard, but for some reason, the Falcons always come home with a win uh after playing in New Orleans, and the Saints always beat the Falcons in Atlanta. It's weird. I don't know why it happens. That's always how it seems to go, though, from my experience watching them. I'm going to take the Falcons in this matchup. Adding to that, the Saints are without uh, Andres Pete, who's a very good offensive lineman. And while the Falcons' defensive line are no world beaters, I think that they will be able to get a little bit more pressure on Trevor Simeon, who actually looks pretty good and. His first game starting for the Saints or playing in the Saints for the Saints. Then heading to the next matchup, which is the Raiders at the Giants. And this game, the Raiders are not or are, have all their players for this game. The Giants will be without Saquon Barkley, Lorenzo Carter, Nate Ebner, Dante Pettis. Sterling Shepard, um, I Kenny Galladay's questionable. Gary Brightwell's questionable. John Ross is questionable. As much as I want to take the Giants in this game, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Raiders, and this could bite me in the ass. Last time I looked at the injury report for the Giants and saw that they were missing a bunch of people was week seven, and guess what happened? They destroyed the Panthers week seven. So this one could bite me in the ass. I, I'm still going to have to go with the Raiders in this game, even though the Raiders are dealing with like a little bit of emotional sadness from you know, their teammate, which I know people are saying, oh, why would you feel bad for Henry Ruggs? Well, because Henry Ruggs is a young... At, Henry Young's, or Henry Ruggs is my age. Not my actual, like, age, but, like, he's around my age. And anyone who's older that's listening to this podcast, you can't lie. You did some stupid shit when you were younger. 
that you look back at and you're like, oh God, why the hell did I do that? Henry Ruggs made a mistake. And while I'm, while I'm wanting to say that he, he's a victim too, but like he's, and I'm not trying to push away from the person who died because she is a victim, her dog's a victim, but he's a victim as well. And he's going to be going through a lot of emotional shit because his life is over pretty much or not over, but his career is probably done. He's probably never going to play in the NFL again. He is going to lose a bunch of years of his life, most likely in prison. And, you know, that, that, that has to be heartbreaking. Because, like, he has what... Myself, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast would agree. A dream job. Something that we've all wanted to do. We all... If you played football in high school, you probably said you would love it if you were able to play in the NFL. And he had the opportunity. And he squandered it away and it and it's a shame so he's going through a lot of stuff i'm sure his teammates are like seeing his locker it's probably slightly heartbreaking for them and i think the emotions might be a little high in that game for the raiders but i am going to take the raiders in this game because they are they just have the better team around Derek carr that offense looks good um the defense has been impressive i'm gonna take the raiders in this matchup winning by seven points when we return we will be breaking down the chargers at the eagles the packers at the chiefs the cardinals at the 49ers and the titans at the rams when we return after this And we are back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. And we are getting right back into the game predictions, starting off with the Eagles at the Chargers. Now, the Eagles, as of right now, are only without J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Then the Chargers are dealing with a couple injuries, including running back Mike Michael Davis, Alohi Gilman is questionable, who's a safety. Justin Jackson's out, another running back. Or Michael Davis is a corner, sorry, um, cornerback. And then Asante Samuel Jr. is also out. Now, I'm making this quick. The Chargers should be very pissed off about losing last week to the Patriots. I think they're going to come out guns blazing and while the eagles destroyed the lions i i just don't trust the eagles enough to be able to do that again and i think you're gonna need to beat the chargers in a blowout because i would not want to leave justin herbert with two minutes left on the clock against that eagles defense i'm taking the chargers in this matchup winning by four points Four plus points. Then going to the Packers Chiefs matchup, which we were robbed of a great game. We really were because Aaron Rodgers has COVID. He's out for the game with COVID 19. Uh, Kingsley K- 
Kiki is also out. Dennis Kelly's questionable, and Dean Lowry is questionable as well for the Packers side. And then for the Chiefs side, Mike Remmers is out, and Colleen Saunders is out. Uh, it's going to be... <sighs> It's going to be Jordan Love's first start ever at quarterback. And he's going up against one of the best in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, if not the best, who's just having a bad year. I'm taking the Chiefs in this matchup. If Rodgers was there, I would say it's going to be it would be more interesting. I don't think it's going to be that interesting in the game. I think the Chiefs are going to win by 10-plus points. Then looking at the... Cardinals at the 49ers. The Cardinals come in with Jonathan Ward out. J.J. Watt, of course, is out for the rest of the season. James Wiggins is out. And Rashad Lawrence is out. Then Max Garcia is questionable. Kyler Murray's questionable. And DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. And clearly, if Kyler Murray's not playing, I'm going to take the 49ers. Uh, if DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing, I might I might take the 49ers again. Like I said, the, the, the Cardinals are not all that. The 49ers are without Maurice Hurst on the defensive line. Jimmy Ward's out. Then they have D. Ford questionable, Debo Samuel, and Elijah Mitchell questionable. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this matchup, pending what DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray's workload is. I mean, if Kyler Murray, Murray's not playing, then I'm not taking the Cardinals. But if I find out that DeAndre Hopkins... Actually... Yeah, no, if, if DeAndre Hopkins is, like, limited or not going to be playing a lot or having a lot of reps, I'm going to take the 49ers in that matchup. But otherwise, I'm taking the Cardinals. So I'm leaving that as a split. Um, win by two points for whoever t whatever team ends up winning. But like I said, Kyler Murray plays. They win. Um, or the Cardinals win if... He doesn't, 49ers win. Then we're going to be taking a look at the Titans at the Rams, which is, should be a pretty interesting game, to say the least. Uh, first time we'll see Von Miller sport a LA Rams jersey, which is very exciting. Adding to that, uh, Julio Jones and AJ Brown both seem like they will be playing in this matchup against the Rams. But without Derrick Henry in L.A., with how good that L.A. Rams team is, I'm going to take the Rams winning by 7-plus points. I mean, Derrick Henry is honestly the heart and soul of that Titans offense. And while I don't think they're going to be stymied and be terrible, I still think that they will be able to score some points. But I do think that they're going to get beat up pretty bad, especially thinking about how Jalen Ramsey's going to be going up against most likely Julio Jones. It's been pretty good uh, competition. I don't think Julio's going to be like really going to be that big of a factor, though, because of that. 
Von Miller and Aaron Donald getting after Ryan Tannehill. It, it's a lot to deal with. I'm taking the Rams in this matchup. Uh, with that being said, we are going to go actually right just right into the Bears at the Steelers game. And this game, this one's going to be a tricky one for me and large part due to I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. But honestly, they've just not looked good. Um, the a matter of fact, this one's not that hard of a game when I'm looking at the injury report. The Bears will be without Nick Foles, but it's not like Nick was even the starter. J.P. Holtz, the tight end. They, Eddie Jackson is doubtful for the game. Khalil Mack is out. And Damian Williams is out. Alec Ogletree is questionable, and so is Darnell Mooney. Then for the Steelers, Eric Ebron is out, and BJ Finley is questionable, but most likely will play. This game is in Pittsburgh. As much as I don't want to say the Steelers are going to win because I like Justin Fields better than anyone on the Steelers, I'm taking the Steelers in this matchup because it's not about who I like. It's about what I see on film, and what I see on film is that the Steelers at this point are going to be the better team on the field come sun or come Monday, and I'm taking the Steelers to win by mm, five-plus points. So, with that being said, we are going to take a short break. When we return, we will be just discussing a little bit about the whole OBJ situation. And kind of, I'm going to weigh in my opinion on the video that was posted of him getting open all those times. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. And, you know, I, I just wanted to come on and talk about the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. And I just want to say that, yes, it's good that he's gone from the Browns. He was not, for, for both sides, he was not used the way he should have been used. And it, it just was not a good fit for either side, really. But the video that Odell Beckham Sr. had posted, I am going to completely kind of like just break down that whole like video that he had posted. It Honestly, yes, there are times where Odell Beckham Jr. should have been thrown to. Yes, definitely. But a lot of those plays as well, if you watch them, and and yeah, it looks like he's open because there's not a man completely just hovering over him. But in a lot of those videos, you can see safeties who are just waiting for Baker to throw the ball to OBJ, and they're going to ball hawk that ball. You can see it. They're about five yards max away from OBJ 
at the perfect angle to intercept the ball. Added to that, they were or he, he posted videos as well where by the time Odell got open, the ball the decision had already been made. The ball was thrown in the air. And it was completed for like big gains occasionally. Like Dave a couple of David Njoku uh plays where Njoku was clearly the wide open man. And yes, after OBJ or after the ball was thrown, OBJ did get open. He also showed a couple plays where it was a run play, a designed run play to the running back. And I, I'm not joking with you. You can search this video up and just watch all the way through. I think it's like eight minutes long. But there's like at least two plays where they do as the designed run play to the running back. It wasn't an option play. OBJ came around the backfield to be a distraction piece for the running back to be able to go through the gap so that way focus was taken off OBJ. I don't understand how his dad says that's him open. It's a run play. It's not a pass play. And sure, some people would say, oh, well, he could have ran or pitched the ball to OBJ. That's great. Yeah, he could have. At the same time, that much space would not have been open because they saw that the ball got handed off. Just like they would see, hey, the ball was pitched. Someone was watching OBJ. They would have known, hey, watch out. He's on the move with the ball. So, I just want to say that while I don't necessarily blame Odell Beckham Jr. Because I, there are definitely certain times in games where he was open and he wasn't targeted or it was a bad pass. And I understand his frustration. But at the same time, it his dad had blown this out of proportion, I think, a little bit by posting these videos that, honestly, if you watch them, watch OBJ and watch where the defenders are and look at where they're they're not, it, it'll probably be hard in the video that you're watching, but since I have the all-access film, I'm able to go back, kind of check these plays out. You can see where these safeties are looking and these corners are looking. They're watching both Baker and OBJ. They're, they know, hey, if he throws it to OBJ, we're going to have a shot at picking off that football. Sometimes, so, some of these plays too, there's a rule in football. You never throw across your body as a quarterback. Sometimes, some of these videos, they're showing OBJ where Baker would clearly have to throw off his body. Or, like, throw back across his body. It's not, it's just not smart football. It doesn't make sense that they posted those videos. Or posted those clips. Because some of them, yes, while some were justified... And also, another thing, you can see in some of these clips that OBJ, yeah, he gets open, but also Baker was getting sacked right in the beginning of the play. I mean, what's he supposed to do? OBJ wasn't open at the time. He got sacked. Can't help that. Like, yes, I am sure that if Baker wasn't getting pressured and he had the opportunity to throw to OBJ in that 
situation, yeah, he would have thrown it to him. Because that's what any quarterback, any smart quarterback is going to do that. And Baker's a smart quarterback. He knows that he will try to throw it to the open man. Now, also, I'd just like to say, and this isn't like a shot at either guy, Baker's not having his best year, definitely. OBJ, though, on the other end, he th- there was plenty of times where he drops the ball. He just blatantly drops the ball. This past week against the Steelers, there was a uh, a pass thrown right up the. He, he ran a a uh, a stream route, and OBJ was throwing the ball. There's a good pass, and you can clearly see it's at the end of the uh, or it's at, towards the end of the fourth quarter. OBJ is throwing the pass, or the ball is thrown to OBJ, and he doesn't commit to going for the ball. He hears footsteps around him. He raised one arm up, but he did not run through. He did like a half-assed jump and one raised arm. He did not commit to going for that ball because he didn't want to get hit. And... uh, Looking at Baker, who is someone who came out this past week, played with a shoulder injury, got decked out of bounds, and he got up, and everyone thought, oh, he was upset, he was upset. I remember uh, Tony Romo was like, oh, he is mad, and all of a sudden, he started, he's just fired up. He was super happy about uh, and getting the first down and all that, and... I think if they're in the opposite situations, say if Baker is a wide receiver, not a quarterback, and Odell Beckham Jr. is a quarterback, I think Baker's, because of the type of man Baker is, Baker's not going to be scared to get that ball. And, you know, if you if, if you don't respect someone for not being able to go for the ball like that, you're not going to want to throw to them that often. And maybe that's it. Maybe he sees that happen too much, where... OBJ doesn't commit to going for the ball. And he decided, you know what? I want a guy like me. I want Jarvis Landry. Tough, gritty receivers who will go put their body at risk and get that ball. Which Odell Beckham Jr. is not one of those gritty wide receivers. So he he, he probably just decided, you know what? When in doubt, I'm not going to throw it to... The, the more celebrity wide receiver. And no one can deny that. OBJ is definitely a celebrity. And he's also a football player. Like, everyone knows who Odell Beckham Jr. is. Not everyone knows who Jarvis Landry is. My girlfriend, who is not a football fan, not a sports fan at all, she knows the name OBJ. She does not know the name... Jarvis Landry. She doesn't know the name Austin Hooper. Which granted some people say, oh, well, they aren't as big of name wide receivers. Yeah, but Jarvis Landry has been a better wide receiver the past couple of years than OBJ. So he is a better wide receiver. With all that being said, though, I, I do think this is a great decision for both sides. OBJ wasn't happy. 
and the Browns weren't really using him, optimizing what he can do. So he's going to go somewhere, maybe to the Packers. Uh, I know Von Miller's been already recruiting him to the Rams. Uh, that would be a very scary team. That They would become the scariest team in the NFC, I think. Um, and quite frankly, I, I don't want to say it, but at the same time, would anyone be shocked if somehow he got recruited to the Buccaneers? Like, they just freed up some cap space, and he ended up on the Bucks. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. It, it it would be just the Bucks and Tom Brady doing their thing, I guess. But with that being said, I mean, it. it I don't know where he's going to go. Hopefully, he doesn't get claimed by on waivers. He might. Um... I'm not sure what his contract situation is looking like with the Browns. If another team would have to pick up that full contract that and not want to pay that. So it it might be a bit of a sticky situation. But honestly, um, it, it's a good thing that he's gone. It's a good thing that they separated. It's almost like that divorce that you knew was eventually going to come. And it finally just happened. It's ripping the band-aid off in one clean stroke. But with that all being said, I just want to pan over to a little bit more Raiders trouble that's going on right now. So it was, I think this happened Thursday night. So last night, Damon Arnett with part of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Raiders players just really, or staff are not having a good year. Uh, Damon Arnett, the other 2020 first round draft pick, seven picks past Henry Ruggs. He, he, right now he's facing a lawsuit over a legend run from October of last year. But added to that, he posted a video on social media yesterday or whenever this was of him holding guns and flashing heavy assault rifles saying how he's going to kill someone. He's going to end someone's life. And he's saying, yeah, you're five minutes out as if like someone's about to be coming over to his house to argue or fight him. And they're texting him saying that, hey, I'm five minutes out. I'm five minutes away from your house. This is not a good look. And, and I feel like like the NFL, they, they try and train these guys and make sure that these guys look good. They tell show them and tell them like, hey, this is what you shouldn't be posting on social media and everything. I can't help but feel like it's pretty, like, self-explanatory to anyone. Not just NFL players, just to the common folk. You and I. That you should never be posting videos or pictures of you with a weapon and saying how you're going to kill someone. Like, you are literally asking for trouble, especially when you're an 
NFL star, a former first round pick. And I mean, I, I feel bad for Raiders fans because even after everything that's going on, whether it be John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, or now Damon Arnett, they're still winning games and they're still playing their ass off. And it seems like Raiders fans just keep getting beat down. And I, I feel bad for Raiders fans. Like, I mean, I don't know enough about the situation. This could be an, a super old video from what I understand. Or from what it, it could potentially be a super old video. But, like, it's definitely not a good look. And if you didn't know this by now, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't go and posting anything like that on social media. Never do that on Snapchat. You shouldn't. It's just blatantly stupid. And another thing with that as well is like, you shouldn't threaten someone on social media. It's not smart. You shouldn't be threatening anyone in general, but like, don't go on social media to threaten someone, especially if you're a part of the limelight. If you're on a NFL franchise, if you're making millions of dollars, it's just not a smart move. And I'm not sure where this is going to go. I'm not sure if Damon Arnett is going to be punished or not, but it's just something to watch out for in the news over the next couple of weeks or over the next week or so. Um, I mean, it, I feel like I said, I feel bad for Raiders fans. There's so many distractions, it seems like. And it seems like almost as though the Raiders are imploding within. And it, it sucks because like this is literally two of your two your first two round draft picks from last year. Your head coach. What's next? Honestly, what is next? Because it seems like it's not going to stop. Every time something happens with the Raiders, it seems like, okay, it's going to die down now. And everything's going to be okay. And then, boom, something else happens. And, okay, this is going to die. Boom. Right back to it. And... Like I said, it's just something to watch out for over the next week or so. I'm sure that we'll get more details tomorrow or Sunday. Maybe, maybe not, but I'm sure we will. Uh, with all that being said, though, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. If you drink, do not drive. You know, get Uber, rideshare, whatever. Also, do not post pictures or videos of you threatening anyone with especially with a firearm uh with all that being said though i hope you guys have a great weekend and we will see you again on tuesday enjoy the football this weekend